Hey, this is Bruce Boudreau, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. Everybody and welcome back to episode 180 of Empty Betters. I am your host Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host Nick Manella. How you doing, Mr. Manella? Doing well, dude. Excited to be back in this stuff. We've got training camp coming up. It's time to start talking some hockey. I'm excited. Absolutely. We got our Pacific Division preview coming at you guys this episode, and we're in the midst of recording all the other ones that will be released to you over the coming weeks. Uh, I'm going to toss it across the screen to my other co-host up in Wisco, Mr. Mac Vogel. What's going on, my friend? What's up, baby? We're back. I'm so ready. I'm so ready to talk some hockey. I've been looking forward to these uh, division previews for quite some time now. It's always one of my favorite times of the year because i get to uh make a fool of myself on uh public podcast radio whatever you want to call it and uh, i'll probably have some horribly hot takes that we can clip towards the end of the season and show everybody how stupid i am so uh very pumped for that everyone here has a chance to become the second eba winner of uh, that's right worst take of the year so that's, that's right. a good way to look at it i like I that love positive that. attitude yeah. going into the year like I there's nowhere you to go could but... win an eba for being an idiot <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know what we're talking about check out our youtube channel uh mr jackson gross last but not least how are we doing my friend Pretty good. Um, it's been a whirlwind of the last couple of days. Uh, started a new job and all that kind of stuff. So, um, just just trying to get used to that and just just trying to dive in and just still doing a ton of writing and trying to fit all that in. But overall, I'm doing really well. Enjoying Cubs baseball and the the amount of young players that are absolutely killing the game right now for them. Jordan Wicks. Pete Armstrong is going to make his first MLB start tonight against Colorado. So it's it's good time for the Cubs, and that's about it for Chicago sports until hockey rolls around. You know, I was going to maybe mention the Bears, but due to the uh, length of this episode, if you will, I'll spare you of that. So that's okay. I, I appreciate that for the sake of my mental health until next Sunday. <laughs> Sounds good, bud. Well, we have, as I mentioned, the Pacific Division Preview. We are leading off our Division Previews this year, starting out West. So we are not going to pitter-patter. We're going to get right at her. But before we do, just want to remind you that this episode is, or I'm sorry, this uh, Odds to Win the Division is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a second to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It is Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh Brackish Life. Nick, I believe that you could speak a little further to their Rink to Reef program. 
That's right. We recently chatted with Kyle and his brother, Josh. Josh runs uh, Ring to Reef. Kyle is obviously the founder of Brackish Life. So Ring to Reef is actually partnering up with Bauer. They're partnering up with the Washington Capitals. They're involved with Peter Bondra and Craig Lachlan, who we know quite well, to essentially turn broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. For those that don't know, each oyster is essentially a little filter for the bay. Uh, the beloved Chesapeake Bay that we all grew up around. So it is a huge cause that we are passionate about. Great to see Brackish Life get involved. You guys know they're super, super involved with protecting the bay in the Eastern Shore community. So excited to have some stuff in the works with them coming up soon. Yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for talking about that. Yeah, go check out uh, brackish.life if you haven't already. You can also find a link to their website on our website at www.emptybetters.com. All righty, let's get to it. So odds to win the Pacific Division. We have the Oilers as the favorites at plus 195. The defending Stanley Cup champions, the Vegas Golden Knights at plus 230. The LA Kings at plus 380. The Flames at plus 800. Mr. Jackson's Kraken at plus 1,100. The Canucks at plus 1,400. The Ducks at plus 17,000. And the San Jose Sharks at plus 21,000. We're going to start with the big dogs, the Edmonton Oilers. Their over-under point total for the year is set at 104.5. They had 109 last season, the most since their 85-86 campaign, led by Wayne Gretzky. Uh, they were second in the Pacific Division this past season, lost in the second round to the eventual cup champs, the Vegas Golden Knights. Additions to the team, they got Brandon Sutter, uh, Drake, Ka- Jesus, Caguilia, whatever. Kajula. Uh, Kajula, yeah, that. Uh, Connor Brown, subtractions, Kyler Yamamoto, Clem Costin, and my favorite athlete of all time, Nick Bukestad. Uh I think the notes speak for themselves last season. You guys know the drill. They basically had the greatest power play of all time. And that's not really like exaggerating. Statistically speaking, they had the greatest power play of all time. When it came to 5v5 play, eh, they were mid as uh, the youngins like to say these days. Goaltending also extremely mid. Uh, Stuart Skinner played better than Campbell and Campbell's the guy getting played, paid the big bucks. I want to ask you guys. What are the Oilers capable of this year? Oof. Uh, definitely, you know, on paper, they're the favorites to win this division. I would like to be the first to say that I am not sold on this lineup. And tell me why that is. Uh, defense. I'm, I'm looking at this back end, and it really doesn't inspire a ton of confidence in me. Uh, you know, we were talking about the East a little bit earlier today. I, I just, I don't know if, you know, if this team was in the East, I think they would just get absolutely eaten alive. If that makes sense. Ooh. Okay. I buy it. Um, What I, do you think about goaltending? Ugh, I don't know. I, I've yet to been be sold on Stuart Skinner as a starter. I know he had flashes of brilliance last year, but Show me some consistency and longevity. Let's put it that way. Yeah, personally, I don't see either of those goalies going on like an insane year. I think Stewart will be um, suitable at best. And uh, I mean, at worst, bad, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, the here, Here's the thing. I'll touch on what Nick said about if you put this 
team in the East, they might get eaten alive. Anyone can be, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Anybody can look like a good hockey team when you get to play the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Canucks a lot all season long. So, I mean, being in this division just like helps in general for like those top three or four teams that aren't nearly as bad as the bottom feeders. But um, I think Nick, Nick nailed it. The defense and the goaltending is what I'm most concerned about. However, I mean, I think I, I hear a lot of people talking about how the Leafs every year we're having the same conversation with them. Um, I, I sort of feel the same way here. It's like, yeah. I, I feel like we're having the same conversation about how the top two lines look unreal. The, the bottom two lines, I don't personally think look very good at all. No, I, I really don't like the bottom six forwards and the D I mean, not exciting, not, not sick <laughs> goalies bad. I, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, we're going to watch Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl do their thing again. Uh, probably break records um, with uh, this time with Connor Brown instead, you know, of, of whoever else. Uh, and they'll probably again win like two playoff series. And then like one of their goalies will just be like, Hey guys, did you remember that I am bad? And then <laughs> they will. <laughs> That's too painfully accurate. Jackson, what do you think? Yeah. I not I would even slightly disagree with the fact that their first two lines looks at, I, I'll, I hate their first line. So goddamn much. It feels like, <laughs> like outside of McDavid, I hate it so much. It feels like but <laughs> I'm gonna make another I'm gonna make another like cross sports reference here. It oh. feels like they just outside of McDavid, like who's the quarterback, they put like a bunch of like 60 overall offensive linemen around him or wide receivers around him. Like Hyman is okay, Connor Brown is okay, but like you need to put a top flight like winger. Next tip, I like their second line better than their first line in totality. Like, it pisses me off because, like, I know, like, Sidney Crosby has had weird. Nicholas Backstrom has Ovechian. Jonathan Taze had Patrick Kane. And obviously, they didn't play on the same line with each other all the time. But there was that option. There is no option like that with Edmonton. It's McDavid and Dreisaitl have to play on separate lines because otherwise the second line is shit. And then, again, and like you guys were saying, the decor is always mid and the goalies are always bad unless a random season from Mike Smith that popped up a couple of years ago. Like, they need to, like, ship out whatever fucking prospects they have and just get a top five Vesna caliber goalie, like, Go get Connor Hellebuck. Go get John Gibson or get a defenseman on a selling team. If the Predators are bad, go get Roman Yossi. I'm sick and tired of like them half-assing this roster around McDavid and Dreisaitl. I'm not even an Oilers fan. Just seeing Connor Brown and Zach Hyman next to Connor McDavid is pissing me off. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. I agree with a lot of what you said about how they really should like stop <laughs> running this back and they definitely should go out and get like a top caliber defenseman or goalie. 100% agree with that. Zach Hyman had like I'm pretty sure he had like 85 points last year and Connor he Brown well. Connor Brown didn't play last year, so we don't really know like what Ugh. what he can be. And didn't they get him for like close to minimum too? 
Yeah. Yeah. I also insane. don't necessarily think he'll be the one playing on that line. I think, I think that's kind of just like a, well, this second line played together a lot last year. So we think this is where, I mean, we got to take these daily face off lineups with a little bit of a grain of salt, but okay. I mean, I, I get what you're saying a little bit. The sentiment is still true that like, uh, you put it this way, Harry, remember when for a long time it felt like they would give Crosby kind of some random guy to yeah. play on that line. And like, yeah. I mean, maybe that worked a little bit, but I, I don't know if that's the philosophy they should be following. I think Hyman is fine. Connor Brown. I don't know. We'll see if that's actually how that shakes out. I do think you could put a mop bucket at right wing and that mop bucket with it's McDavid true. would still get 75 points. It's true. I mean, put it this way. When I was playing for the good old Baltimore stars, I had Ian Powderly <laughs> at center and Stephen Baker on the wing and I would just crash in that and get the rebound every time. And I still put in like 25 goals. So it's like, you know, you could, you could put anybody that can hold their stick really tight and you just go to the net and keep it on the ice and you're probably going to score. If you, you want to, if you want to know the McDavid effect, uh, Zach Hyman, Career high in points before he went to Edmonton was only 41 with the Maple Leafs. Last season, he had 83 points with the Oilers, so he more than doubled his career high. He also had 36 goals, which is pretty impressive. Um, but again, Jackson, I understand what you're saying. Like, you, if he's not with McDavid, like, yeah, he's he's just kind of like, eh, okay, he's mid. But I mean, you could probably have a a mop and a vacuum, and I'd still, yeah. And I, I would just say, like, I would like a guy who could, like, get 80 points on his own with, like, a, a average to above average center, like, yeah, next to Mc, McDavid. Like, and I think if Hyman does it again next year, this upcoming year, maybe I'll change. I, I think Hyman's good. I was not. It was mainly just seeing Connor Brown. Like, that is really just my, my <laughs> pure angst and seeing that. And again, I know daily face off green assault, uh, but. Yeah, I think if Hyman puts up another similar season, I'll probably back off some of my criticism with how the Oilers are running things. But again, I I would just like to see, like, again, even if you want to look at the Eastern Conference, Braden Point with Nikita Kucherov. Like, yeah, I think there's like there's one huge question that needs to be asked when we're talking about the Edmonton Oilers in an empty better season preview. And that is Harry, how much money are we putting on the Oilers this year? <laughs> oh, um, tell you what I will put money on. I want to read this before we do like the whole shit and shebang where we, you know, put people in the hot seat and say what they're going to do. Uh, Connor McDavid over under goals is at 54 and a half. Uh, Connor McDavid, player point or i'm sorry for him to win the art ross it's minus 200 and you can even bet anybody else doesn't even matter it's called the field you can bet anybody else to win it is plus 180 right now <laughs> i mean he is like that's interesting cut. that's really yeah. interesting actually yeah i mean basically if you're betting on that though if you're betting on the field you're essentially betting that Connor mcdavid gets a semi-serious injury this yeah. season <laughs> literally <laughs> gets hurt in like the <laughs> third month of the season he would have to miss like at least 20 games probably and to to win mvp he is even money and the second closest person is austin matthews at plus a thousand oh my god okay that one is a little bit worth it to me maybe the mvp one because that's less like clear because i think matthews will will outscore him goals wise this year matt so you got mcdavid matthews mckinnon and pasta as your top four I do think I'd probably take the over on McDavid goals as well, though. What, what was it like? Fifty something? Fifty four and a half. Yeah, mm, yeah. It's right. sixty. Probably take that. Sixty four last year. I can't remember. 
right. Regardless, uh, Edmonton, I always bet them to win the cup at some point in the season. I'm stupid. I know I am. Uh, I mean, top two lines. Yeah, they're sick. The power play. Yeah, it's unreal. Leon Drysaddle had 30 power play goals last year. That's more than like 80% of the league gets in a whole season, like shorthanded power play, even strength combined. It's outrageous. Bouchard, I love it. He's had a breakout season last year. Gets a nice little bridge deal. Ekholm, love that addition. Uh, Nurse, overpaid, but still not a bad defenseman. Overall, Edmonton, they're going to be in the playoffs. They're going to be either the first or second seed in the Pacific. They're probably going to win the first round. And then after that, it's a crapshoot. They'll probably be heavy favorites every yeah. playoff series. You can make some serious dough betting against them is what I have learned the hard way. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds spot on. If we're going, uh, I mean, or if we're going, are they making the playoffs? I say yes. If they're if we're going, are they winning the division? I say no. I have to totally agree with what Mac just said. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump jump on that bandwagon. I don't think I don't think they're gonna have as good of a season points wise as they did last year, and they were still second. Hmm. Hmm. I would love to hear who you guys have winning the division when we will. get to that and team. And he will. I think I have an idea. Okay. Max pick. Uh, all right. We're going to move on from Edmonton, AK, McDavid, and Dreisaitl. Uh, The Flames. This is a very interesting team. Their team total is set at 94 and a half. They missed the playoffs last season. Uh, they've missed five of the last nine postseasons, actually. They had 93 team points, which was actually one more point than the Florida Panthers. And the Panthers went all the way to the Cup. So we might dog the Flames. But just remember, they if they were in the East, they would have beat out the Panthers into the playoffs. Uh, they add, well, they got a new coach. They got Ryan Huska behind the bench in place of Daryl Sutter. They added Igor Sharangovich. They lose Tyler Toffoli, Milan Lucic, Nick Ritchie, Trevor Lewis, and Michael Stone. I think the big question mark coming into this season, and there's really only one to be honest with you, is what can we expect from Jonathan Huberto this season? You would hope some form of bounce back because that guy went from scoring, what, like 110 points to barely getting over 50? Yeah, basically. Um, And that was just brutal to watch because the guy was having such a great run in Florida. And I don't know. You, you have to look at the coaching situation there. I don't really see any other factor that it could have been other than the flames just really were sort of average down the stretch towards the playoffs. I really don't have a good feeling about this team again. Once again, with the Calgary flames, they are in purgatory. They have talent on paper. This just does not strike me as a lineup with a lot of confidence in it. I don't mind the first line. You've got Lindholm in the middle with uh, Huberdo on the left, Sharon Govich on the right. Uh, but after that, it's just, it's not ideal. Even with Kadri as your second line center, it's just not something that I- I'm jumping out of my seat about. And then the defense core, I think is okay at best. I think they play really well together. I think they definitely like outkick their coverage with that. But uh, once again, just, just not totally sold on it. Do you not believe in Darth Ladar? Well, I'll always the... believe in the Darth, but Darth <laughs> yeah. if but... I need a fantasy hockey win, I will go with the Darth. I like or... the goaltending. I mean, yeah, Markstrom, yeah. Ladar, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But I like their third line. I like I, Majapani, Jacklin, and Coleman, but yeah. I was say they, they, they need this... to make they need to make a trade for a second line winger. 
This, um, yeah, I would agree with you. This third line is like maybe passes the third line test harder than like almost any other team, though. Manjipani, Backlund, and Coleman. That's it great. is a good that's third fun. Line. That's yeah. like what you want in your third line. However, I totally agree with Jackson. They've got Dylan Dubé and freaking Chimba Schlempo on the second line. And the first line will be good if Huberdeau has a good backup <laughs> season or bounce back season. Sorry. Um, but we don't know. I do believe Sharon Govich will be a good addition for them, though. I I, I have full confidence that guy can be a uh, top six forward uh, successfully. Uh, you look at Markstrom. I mean, two seasons ago was a Vesna finalist, I believe. Last season, a little bit of a weaker year. Uh, obviously yeah. didn't have as good of a team in front of him, clearly. They do have this youngster in the pipeline, Dustin Wolf. Uh, right. Look right. out for him. Yeah. Maybe he could Name. crack at the lineup. Yeah. Jesus. American kid, too, right? I, I believe think so. so. I yeah. think so. I think I remember him from World Junior stuff. Yeah. I think I do, too. These guys um, also need to name a captain, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Was this uh, a team that said they're not going to or something? Or am I making shit up? No. I don't know how you don't give it to Michael Backlund after all he's like stayed right through. That's true. Or I don't know if this is the right move or not, but there could be a play where you give it to Huberdo and you hope it fucking inspires him to be the best player on the team like he should be. I've seen that. I've seen Kadri. Some people said Rasmus Anderson, the defenseman, should get it. I honestly don't hate that at all. Yeah, sure. I don't care. Yeah. Um, they haven't had a captain since Giordano left. Yeah. Which is yeah. wild to me. Three or three years ago, something like that. Two years ago. Nick, Nick I'm gonna slightly disagree with you on the D. Uh outkick coverage, I like that, but I do think that they're pretty good on paper. I mean, they're not bad at least. I think they're decent. I actually almost said they're bad, but I started to look at it a little closer with some stats, and yeah, they're not that bad. I no, mean, they're, they're really I, not. I, I think Wegar is a, a little bit of a liability sometimes, but um, I mean they've they're big. Some of them Definitely. are big and, and physical. That's good. Um, their fourth line is a line full of chimbish lumpos, honestly. I'm gonna use that term again and probably gonna use it a lot when we get to some of the bottom feeders of this team of this uh division. But yeah, what Jacob Pelletier, Adam Rizica, and Walker Dewar pass. A plus hockey name, Walker Dewar. Right. Sounds like a bunch of IPA beers that you just Walker Dewar. Oh, there hardly know her. There you go. Uh, 94 and a half points. They had 93 last year. So basically if you're saying over, you're saying the flames are going to be better this year than they were last year. And you would also probably be hinting at them being a wild card team. What do you guys think? Hmm. About the over under there. I'm going to go. Sheesh. It's tough. I'm, I, I mean, I'm tempted to go over because, again, this is a team that is, to me, still way better than those three teams that I'm going to keep mentioning, the freaking Sharks, the Canucks, and the Ducks. I don't think any of those teams – I think all three of those teams are going to lose a lot of games. I think they go and you under. play your I division a just lot. Mess. Okay. I... I think they probably missed the playoffs, but – Oh fuck! I don't know because if I'm taking the over, then they probably make it right. And so this like, sucks because yeah. like I want this team to be good. I mean, in the same. I've always like the yeah. Flames. They're cool, but one of the best I, logos in all of sports. I yeah. said it about the Red Wings when like they're the better. Jerseys, the too. NHL is better. That is so true about the Calgary Flames. Maybe that's because I grew up in the '90s and the 2000s. But sorry, right. it's it's a fact. Yeah, it's just it depends again, and 
I, I even though I wrote the notes for the Central Division, I it's going to be a tight race because yeah. I think it's it's pretty much I think we all have a solid idea of who's going to be the top three in both divisions. It's just yeah. going to matter of like the others in both of like who's going to snag up those wild cards. Like, do you believe in Nashville over Calgary or right. something like that with the addition of Ryan O'Reilly? So it's going to come down to those kind of things. So right now, I kind of believe, I think the Pacific is going to end up beating up on each other a lot this year because there, there's a lot of good teams in this division. So I'm going to say no uh, on, but like literally if I could say a half a point they miss, they they would miss by like half a point for the playoffs. I'm going to think- say they miss the playoffs and they go slightly under that total just because I think maybe Seattle's a little better. And I also, Jackson makes a good point. I think some of those bubble um, central teams might have a little bit of an edge on them. Jay, I also think you make a great point about them sort of beating up on each other. Like those Pacific division games, like just got a lot more important this year. Flames are a playoff team. Maybe a hot take. I don't think it can get worse than it went last year. And they barely missed the playoffs. I think last year was bad, as we could all probably agree, given what the expectation was after that huge trade. And it went just about as bad as it could. You know what? I got to add something that you said once at the very beginning of this part of the preview, but we haven't talked about it enough talking about this team. The coaching thing matters actually a lot. Yeah, I, so I, true. I completely forgot about that. It so actually, true. It matters a lot because they were, they were, the Flames players were pretty outspoken after the fact <laughs> yeah. about, about how they, like all of them were like, thank God that he's like gone. Like so many of them were like, we did not want to fucking come back if he was coming back and you never see that. Right. And and I think that makes a huge fucking difference. I mean, like that literally can be the difference between some of your best players loving the game of hockey and hating the game of hockey and dreading the game of hockey. And maybe that's why Huberto was so fucking painful last year. So that's That's kind of what I'm thinking. And you know what? Maybe, maybe you're shifting my, uh, yeah, maybe you're right. Huska is a guy that they know, too. He was the assistant coach last year, so they know who he is. It's not like he's a new face coming in. I think the Flames are a playoff team. I think they're being very underrated. Uh, I mean, listen, this is basically almost the same roster as last year in terms of the core. We were all like, yeah, that Kachuk trade, dude, like Huberto is going to rip it up, and then it went horribly. I don't think it can get worse. I think it'll get better. I think they hit the over on the points. I think they're a first wild card or third place in the division, maybe. Okay, but like, can someone please? I know I said Chimbish Schlumpo. Who is Matt Coronado? Like, what? Who's this guy? Why don't I know him? Uh, Your guess is as good as mine, dude. Okay. All right. I just want to make sure I wasn't like missing out on some like huge prospect or he, something. He went to Harvard and made his NHL debut in April of this past season against the Wicked Smat. He's okay. 20 years old, first round pick in 2021, 13th okay. overall. So, right, so, he's he, like so he is a top prospect. He, I just don't know. Plus, he went to Harvard, so he's like already way more successful and talented <laughs> than any of us like put together will ever be. To be fair, so, I had no idea who that was, so yeah. I just looked that up. But yeah, his, his agent has a fantastic name. It's John Kofi Osi Tutu. It's a good one. I'll take, a, I'll take a roll of that. Special. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so I have them in Nick, you have them out. 
I say out by like a hair. Jay, you said out by a hair. Yes. I, Mac, you, you I, gonna let me ride solo or you gonna join me? Come on. I'm gonna join you, but ah. I don't like the fucking Coronado Schlempo thing. I don't <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that, but I think maybe they maybe they sneak in. Like on a huge part of my decision too is like, you know, what have you done for me lately? This team has not been impressive in what, like 10 Mid. years, 15 years. So hold yeah. on. I thought they were kind of good the year they lost to the Oilers on the they fucking, were good. Like, kicking yeah, goal that's or true. whatever. That, yeah. uh, they were kind of good. They had, I'm pretty sure they had Goudreau. And they Kachuk, also had Kachuk, like Kachuk a, and Goudreau, yeah. so which is a totally fucking different. It was before but, they traded away their entire team. Right, right, right. Yeah. So we are going to move on to the next team who I have a funny feeling we're going to get some high praise for on this podcast. The LA Kings, the over under on team total points is set at 100 and a half. They lost in the first round to the Oilers and what was a barn burner of a series with a ton of goals. They haven't won a playoff series since they won the cup back in 2014. Last season, they finished third in the Pacific division with 104 points. They added Pierre-Luc Dubois, Trevor Lewis, Cam Talbot, and Big Save Dave. Who did they lose? Corpusalo, Gabe Velarde, Alex Edler, Alex Iafalo, and Cal Peterson. Uh, they completely overhauled their goaltending this season. They basically got a whole new tandem. Last season, they had Copley, Corpusalo, Peterson, and Quick. This season, they get Talbot, Copley, and Big Save Dave. I don't know how much of an upgrade that is, if we're being honest with ourselves, but nonetheless, what do you guys think of the LA Kings? A couple of things. First of all, I know everyone jokes around that like hockey coaches are like the same, like five people are hired head coaches every cycle. Cam Talbot and Dave Riddick feel like that, but for goalies, they're always going to find a way onto some random ass team when they need a goalie. The second thing is, it's interesting what they did. And I also will say it's, Karma for them not winning a playoff series by getting into the cup final off a slash by Nicoletti. But no, I'm not still bitter about <laughs> that game seven. Um, but no, I, I think it's interesting. Obviously, they go big for Pierre-Luc Dubois and ship out some of the guys they kind of developed through their own system. I think I think they're starting to realize that time is running skinny on Kopitar and Dowdy. I mean, they just had to get rid of Jonathan Quick to Vegas. So I think they want to try and at least get one more with those guys, but also potentially set themselves up for beyond that, obviously with Quentin Byfield coming coming through the coming through the system real quick. I like this team. I like this team a lot. I knew it. I obviously have some concerns with goaltending. Like that's the big one. You know. You can look at that third defense pairing of Bjornfoot and Brant Clark and say, yeah, that probably needs some work. I think Brant Clark's going to be a stud. I think he's going to be a great offensive defenseman in a couple of years. We still need some time there. Bjornfoot, I'm not really sure on. Matt Roy, second pairing right defenseman, was probably my best fantasy hockey player last year. Guy was essentially a point of game, it seemed like. Uh, I know that wasn't the case, but other than that, I mean, this team is exciting. This team is fun. I think they get into the playoffs. I think they go over a hundred and a half points and I think they win at least one round. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there on the bandwagon with you, Nick. I, I think that, um, I mean, the third line, holy shit. This yeah. is like, this is like a, like a dream third line for me. Trevor Moore, Phil Deneau and Victor Arvidsson. That's nasty. Yeah. Also, That's you like, want to talk center depth? 
Oh yeah. my god. Oh yeah. my god. Kopitar, PL Dubois, Deneau, and Blake Lozop. Sure. Sure. I'll take that every day. Um, the D is good. Yeah, the D is good. Let's talk about power play for a second. They, I mean, daily face-off, again, this will change for sure, but like just a power play that they could have would be Arvidsson, Kopitar, Kempe, Dowdy, Fiala. That's pretty nasty, I think. Same um, with PP2, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You got maybe more Deneau, PL Dubois, Clark, Kaliev, some combo of those 10 for those two units. I like it. Uh, here's a really hot take. The three goalies, because we're forgetting a third one, Cam Talbot, big save Dave Riddich, Phoenix Copley, still there. I think between those three guys, I I don't think they're any worse off than they have been the last two years. The Kings are a team that have somehow seemed to get by with pretty whatever on paper goaltending, and it usually seems to work out okay for them. Uh, I see no reason that that would be a problem for them again this year with those three guys personally. This team is very good, and because they're out west and they're an L.A. team, they probably won't get talked about as much as they probably should, but they are a very good hockey team, make no mistake about it. They can be a great hockey team, and so great that I think if they have a couple of their young guns find their way and get into uh, you know maybe a bigger role and find their game, I would put this team in a Tier 1 Cup contender category, potentially. But that's dependent on two things, mainly. Uh, Quinton Byfield, guy was taken second overall in 20, what, 2021, 2020. I can't remember. One of those sure. years. Sure. Uh, hasn't really found his stride in the NHL yet. They kind of thought he was a center and sent him down to the A. Then they're like, oh, no, you're a winger. And he's never really kind of fit in. Now he's probably going to get top line minutes. And I pray to God he finds his game because – he can be a seriously good player. Big body, big shot. Kind of reminds me of like a like a Ryan Getzlaff type, like that big body who can just make his way to the net. And another guy, uh, Arthur Kaliev, second round pick for them back in 2019. He's got some potential. He's got a lethal shot. Hasn't fully found his game yet, but if those two guys hit their stride, look out. This team can be deadly. I think you're spot on with Kaliev. Yeah. I think if Kaliev gets the skating down, we're looking at like essentially another Patrick Line here because that guy has one of the best shots in the NHL, even from a standstill. I have more questions. I agree 100% with what you just said, but I have more questions about whether or not Kaliev can figure it out this year than Byfield. I think Same. Byfield, it was more of like an injury thing last year that that kind of yeah. stopped him. I think he what you're right. He got sent down. At one point, yeah. there, there were some ups and downs for sure, but I, I, I'm forgetting a little bit, but I feel like he figured it out at the end of the year, didn't he? He, I, he, I think he getting better. sent down for him was honestly one of the better things to happen. I think Kaliev, I just have a little bit more of a question because of like the chemistry and like Kenny, like you said, the skating and and just some of the more like hockey IQ, logistic kind of stuff. Um, no doubt, there's tons of talent on this team and especially with those two guys we just mentioned but yeah i mean harry's 100 spot 100 spot on it's going to come down to some of these young guns um but no doubt i mean this was one of my favorite teams to watch last year their late games i loved throwing these games on as i'm getting into bed and kind of falling asleep to some of them but um i mean they were so entertaining sometimes i would just be watching the whole game and staying up way too late being tired at work the next day but yeah, I fully expect this to be a fun hockey team again this year, and I think they're going to do good things. I think they're easily 
top three division. Maybe even the first seed. I don't know. I said <laughs> that, but uh, yeah, they're good. They're a good hockey team. Uh, I'll give you guys one quick betting tip with this team, and this is uh, a trend from our good friend of the program, Melissa Cunningham. Never bet these guys when they wear the chrome domes. They never win a game when they wear those stupid helmets. So don't bet them he if you see them in warm-ups. Yeah, so I think we're all big on the Kings, although I can't get a feel for Jackson. He, he's kind of like not wanting to do it. As much as this pains me to say it, this would basically be a – me saying that could, I think the Canucks could win the division considering their history with the Hawks. I think with what you guys were talking about, if Byfield and Kaliev get their things rolling and maybe they make a trade for maybe another defenseman just for depth or something, I think this team wins the division maybe by six to eight points. Damn. Okay. I think, I think, I think wow. if, if they can fire on all cylinders, we know what an all-cylinders Kings team looks like. I mean, obviously the pieces are different, but and obviously the coach is different, but when the Kings get rolling and they still got Kopitar and they still got Doughty and they have all these pieces they've brought in, I mean, hockey and everything and playoff hockey and everything, as much as it is you want to roll four lines, you really need four centers, and they have four centers. And honestly, I... There's more questions as of like if the young guys are going to show out, but I have more confidence in the Kings in the playoffs than I would maybe like the Oilers outside of like the first round. Yeah. Like if, if it literally, if it was Oilers Kings in this second round with the moves, the Kings made, I would go, I would go Kings in this, this, they just, they are a fully well-rounded team it's just depending dependent on goaltending for them. Let me say something real quick. One last thing about the goaltending. Cam Talbot. A lot of people are are they have the recency bias here where they're like he played for the Senators last year. He started 32 games. He basically won half of them. Wasn't very impressive in doing so. Didn't win the crease as a starter. Go back one year before that. Cam Talbot started 48 games for the Wild. Won 32 of them. And had three shutouts, and I he, he, unreal. he had a, an excellent year, which is why the Senators went out and got him, and it didn't work out for them. But a lot of things don't work out for the Ottawa Senators, you guys. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a Cam Talbot problem or if that's an Ottawa Senators problem. Uh, we'll find out. But I think this is a guy that's totally capable of winning the crease in LA and putting up a year similar to his 21 22 campaign. Couldn't agree more. I think we're all very bullish on the Kings. I think you could probably call this not fandom before Jackson has a stroke, but this is a Kings podcast. I think I think we're all very big on this team this year. So uh, I think we agree they will have some success this season. Great success. Great success. <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. Before we move on to the defending Stanley Cup champs, I think Nick has a word from our sponsor, Kane Footwear. That's right. Uh, Summer might be wrapping up, but that means we all know that you guys are still going to be out and about getting active in the fall, whether you're running, hiking, camping, whatever it is. Do the best thing you can for your body and recover with Kane footwear. The Kane Active Revive is the best recovery shoe you can find on the market. Just took mine to Deep Creek, absolutely trashed them, got home, sprayed them with the hose. They were brand new. And they kept my knees and my back in check the entire weekend while I was standing around boozing. So that's good. 
uh, head to the link in our bio today to get a pair of the most comfortable shoes you guys will ever own. Can confirm. They were great all summer to me. Uh, so go check out the link in our bio. It does help support us. Appreciate that. All righty. Time to talk about the defending Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, last time they won a series, pretty recent. Last time they won a cup, some would say a couple months ago. It's the fastest expansion team to win the Stanley Cup in NHL history. They also won the Pacific Division last season with 111 points, and nobody on this podcast picked them to go deep because that's how things work. Who did they add? Absolutely nobody. Who did they lose? Riley Smith, Laurent Brassois, Jonathan Quick, Phil Kessel, and Teddy Bluger. Uh, I mean, there's not really a whole lot of question marks considering they have the exact same roster, basically. Uh, I think the big question is, can they repeat? And one of the questions that uh, I'll ask you guys that will determine if they can repeat, I think Aiden Hill had a very good playoffs, obviously, right? He won the Stanley Cup. Are we going to have another flash in the pan incident like a Matt Murray or a Jordan Bennington? I thought you'd never ask. I'd prefer to call it a Cam Ward, but yeah. Cam Ward was good. Yeah, wait a minute. Pre- yeah, wait. I thought he was a pretty damn good goalie. Yeah, I'm Cam just, Ward I'm was just like... messing with Harry. Yeah. Oh, oh, don't oh, oh. don't disrespect Blackhawks backup goalie legend Cam Ward. Come on, yeah, now. he played for. Oh yeah, wow, for like okay. a second. Yeah, um, let me let me go. I'm reeling. I'm reeling and dealing on on the Vegas. Uh, I know how this is going to go. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I <laughs> do you though because I I wish I could say that this team isn't any good. I really wish I could say that, but I'm like, right there with you. Yeah, they're <laughs> they're pretty <laughs> filthy. Um, I do think the Riley Smith thing isn't nothing, them losing him. That's not nothing. Uh, but looking at their like offense, I don't really see any holes. That's the other thing. Like, yeah, it sucks losing him, but like, where is the issue without him? You know what I mean? Like on paper, at least we'll see how that all plays out in person. The D is good. The D is like actually like really, 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 really good. <laughs> really good. Yeah. Um, the goaltending is definitely where we have to talk a little bit. And Harry alluded to it. I don't think any of these guys, I don't think Aiden Hill or Logan Thompson is probably going to like set records this year or be in the Vezina conversation personally. Um, LT, I mean, he was, he looked really good for like really tiny streaky periods last year. Like there was some, especially early on, he was a guy that I think everyone all of a sudden was like, holy shit, like early vet. Like I, I think I even heard people saying like early Vezina candidate last year, like maybe I'm talking like a month into the season, maybe two before he got hurt. Um, And then he kind of dealt with injuries a lot throughout the year. So that's another thing. I just don't know what to think about. I think that uh, I would expect this team to battle with the Kings for the number one seed in the division. I really would. That's how I feel about it. Um, I mean, last year, the Knights had 111 points. They beat the Oilers to win the division by two points. They only beat the Kings by, ooh, math is so hard, seven points, I think. Um, anyway, it was all right in that wheelhouse. I fully expect those three teams to still be the top three in this division. Um, but I, I like the Kings and the Knights the best. And I think the Knights, like you said, they didn't really get worse. So it's the easy pick to say they'll probably win the division again. Uh, but there's something to be said about the cup hangover. 
it's hard to like come back and do what the lightning have done and have another extremely successful season and then extremely successful postseason. I mean, the lightning did it three years in a row, even though they didn't win that third cup. That's still really hard to do just to get that far. I don't know if, I don't know if we see them like go back to the cup. I think maybe that, especially knowing some of the injury history of guys on this team, um, like Mark Stone and maybe a couple others, I think that there's something to be said about, okay, they got their cup and now this, maybe they'll just be like a good team instead of a great team. I want to know what you guys think. I've been talking a lot. Let's hear it. So I think they win the division. I think you're absolutely right about your top three for this division. Uh, I think they just edge out the Oilers to get it. I think the Kings slide in as, as third. I don't think they go back to the cup. I don't think they get back to the third round. I'm thinking maybe first two and then they're done. But I just think these guys are way too deep over the course of the regular season for the Oilers to stay close to this lead. Sounds fair. Yeah, and I think this team is even going to get even better once Nolan Patrick comes off of IR because like the one slight hole for this team you could maybe say would be that third line outside of Carlson because it has Paul Cotter. Mike Amadeo was really good in the playoffs, but I'm sure they'd rather have Nolan Patrick out there as well. So really that's the one weakness and just looking at all the, I mean, Zach White, White Cloud, I think could be a fringe, like top four defenseman on some other teams and some playoff teams, not, not just like the bottom feeders, but some, some, fringe to near level playoff teams. I think he'd be a top four guy. Totally. Also just worth noting, Paul Cotter, I don't know that he'll continue to do this, but he was, he, he showed some pretty bright moments last year. I think he had maybe 15 goals even or something like that. But, um, but yeah, I agree with you. I mean, they would definitely rather probably have Nolan Patrick on either side of that. It would be good to see that guy just like come back from all the shit he's had to deal with since he got drafted. I mean, what second overall with the Flyers? Third I know overall, that's a thing we he, don't even know. Or like, was he P one? I forget. No, he was he was he was second to the Flyers. I but I that's the thing. It's the kind of thing where we have no idea if and when this guy's coming back. True. I mean, everything you guys just said, I agree with. Other than the fact that they win the division, I do not think they'll win the division. I am going to reserve my opinion on that till the end of the episode. Uh, Until we get to the Sharks, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, They're going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win a round, maybe two, but I do not think that they will repeat. Uh, I don't think the goaltending will be as strong as it was last year. I don't think it has to be as strong as it was last year for them to make the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, they're a really, really good team, so... I don't really have much more to say other than that. I think we're all in agreement. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's move on to a very interesting offseason for this team in the Vancouver Canucks, who Matt is or Mac is a uh, sporting a hat for right now. A nice Welcome to hat. hell, boys. It's more like purgatory. And uh, yeah. we'll get into that in a second. Uh, the over under for this team total points is set at 88 and a half last season. They just had one of the worst starts to a season that you'll ever see. Ended up firing Bruce Boudreau, brought on Rick Tockett, and then they had a late season rally to take themselves out of the Bedard sweepstakes for whatever reason, the hometown kid, 
And then they picked like maybe seventh or eighth. I don't know. Uh, defense and goaltending was horrendously bad last season. They finished sixth in the division with 83 points. Uh, they added Teddy Bluger, Pius Suter, Ian Cole, Carson Soucy, and Matt Irwin. Who do they lose? Uh, right now, I believe Kratzoff is headed to the KHL, which was a nice little grab for them. And then he leaves, of course. Uh, OEL, Ethan Bear, uh, Travis Dermott, Colin Delia, and Kyle Burrows. Uh, this team, in all seriousness, they can score. Don't make a mistake about it. But they were historically bad keeping the puck out of their own net last season. Uh, PK was horrible. Defense was horrible. Goaltending was atrocious. What do you guys think this team is going to do this season? They're weird. I'm I'm glad you had that note about they can score because, you know, I pull up their page thinking, oh, this is going to be funny just seeing this lineup. <laughs> and, like, the forwards are really not that bad. Like, every line has, like, a household hockey name or more on it, uh, like, such as guys like Dakota Joshua that everyone has heard of, uh, including myself. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, they, they really do have like a, a recognizable player on almost every single line. Um, the D is interesting because the, yeah, they add Carson Susie. The was, was Heronic like a, was that he a was, dead deadline? I deal think it was a it, deadline. It, move? And everyone was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like he's yeah. a good, He's like a good second pairing. He guy. was good on the Red Wings. That that yeah. was the Wings getting cap money for Debrinket in the offseason. Okay. okay, probably. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I look at the D and I'm not even like that mad about it. Um, <laughs> but I I can't explain why this team is bad. They just are. I mean, the the goalies. I mean, if are... we could wind Ian Cole and Tyler Myers back about five years, that's I think, true. I mean, that's I think fair. we would say this that's D is fair. a lot better, but the third pairing is bad. Yeah, pretty it's much. touch and go. Um, the, the, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. This is weird. The goalies Thatcher Demko was good at one point, And now I just don't really think he is. Um, Spencer Martin is the lead singer of Coldplay. <laughs> The the one thing that worries me about this team is the center depth. I think their, their top two are fine and are great. Elias Patterson and JT Miller, fantastic centers. Pew Suter, Hawks legend. Um, I was going to say, Hawks legend, don't you be – you better put some respect <laughs> on his name. Don't you dare bash my boy Teddy. <laughs> Hawks and Red Wings legend. I think Suter played for the Red Wings as well. But anyway um, – Fine player. I don't think he's a third-line center. I think he's more of a fourth-line center. Teddy is fine. It's okay. I, yeah, I, I guess. I was just giving you shit. <laughs> but, um, but no, I think, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just, I think, were they better? You guys would know better than me. Were they better once they made the, defensively, when they made the switch to Tocket compared when they had Barbecue Bruce? Or did it, like, just fall off a cliff once Brewdrover's gone. I mean, they, they had a good finish to the season. I wouldn't say they were great defensively, but the team collectively played a little bit better. Well, they were kind of really streaky, right? Because when they got Bruce, yeah. everyone was like, holy shit, we're good. Bruce, yeah. there it is. Yeah. Right? And then it was like, okay, never mind. Bad. Really sucked. bad. And yeah. then like really, really bad. And then like new coach, and they were like, oh, yeah, maybe we're good again. And then like, not really. Yeah. I think... No. That's been this team's problem ever since they stopped going on cup runs. 
Like basically, it sucks when the that they don't the have the Sedins. Like I know I'm like aging myself by saying that a little bit, but like I was thinking about that the other day. How 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 lame it is that the Sedins never won a cup because yeah. they are like two of the best players fucking ever. Yeah, and that's so stupid that they didn't win a cup. They were also like the most fun to watch. Yeah, I know. So this is a strange team. I, I don't know how to like like think about them because Patterson had an unreal season last year, over a hundred points, top ten in scoring, breakout year sick. Andre Kuzmenko, sick, over 30 goals, put his name as you know, one of the better uh Russian guys to come over at a later age. Great. Even JT Miller, did he have the season that he had two years ago where he had 99 points? No, he but he still had 82 point per game guy. Besser, a little bit of a down year, but I, I cannot emphasize this enough. The defense and the goaltending were all-time bad. Demko, Martin, and Colin Delia all had over a three GAA, and Spencer Martin specifically had a 4.0 GAA. So it's like, Oof. that's that's rough. And none of them had over a 900 save percentage besides Demko, and his was 901. So and that was a very good. limited sample size, too. Yeah, it's just like, dude, they literally cannot keep the puck out of their net. And listen, I love Quinn Hughes, new captain, congrats. Uh, first Jewish captain in NHL history, I think I read, or second, actually, Jeff Halpern. First. Thank God. Thank nice. God. I was going to yell at you so badly right now. <laughs> no, nah, what's his nuts at bar down? Jesse, the curly hair kid. Jesse. Jesse Pollock, yeah. Yeah, he tweeted that, and he got yelled at for me. Yeah, so. he got roasted really hard. Um, He's not great defensively, let's be honest here, right? And like. That bottom pairing stakes. I'm sorry. But yeah, I, they're not a good team. The bottom six blows. The goaltending blows. The defense is extremely mid. I don't think they make the playoffs. I think they're going to be an over team. I think they're going to be unreal to watch. I think it's going to be a lot of goals. I'm going to say one more thing here. I look at this lineup and I look at a lot of these names that jump out to me. And the first thing I think of when some of these names come across my eyeballs is Band-Aid. So I'm going to call Band-Aid a little bit on this team. You've got Demko, big problems there. Miller, we've been there before. Besser, we've missed almost an entire year. Pedersen, in and out, doesn't really play a full 82. And then we go to the D where Quinn Hughes has had his own little, you know, in for 10 games, out for 10 games kind of thing. So if this team can stay healthy, yeah, that's one thing. If they start getting the injury bug, I think any time before November, look out because this could go from bad to very bad quickly. And one last stat I'll throw out there. The Vancouver Canucks were dead last in the NHL in penalty kill last season. They were last place. And when you're playing in the same division as the Edmonton Oilers, that's probably not going to go too well for you. Um, hence why they bring in Bluger, Cole, Susie, Irwin. I think that's they're trying to rectify that, but we'll see. I don't I don't really have a lot of praise for them. Anybody else? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, before we move on to Jackson's second favorite team, I'll call it. Uh, I think Mac has a word from Elwoods. I sure do. Uh, support your local dive bar and have a beer at Elwoods Liquor and Tap, home of the Pizza Luge, located in the heart of downtown Milwaukee on Water Street. This 70s-inspired bar has a little something for everyone, from daily happy hour, rotating taps, free birthday perks, and a Four Seasons patio. A good time is always around the corner. And with the full NHL package, plus TV screens indoors and outside, 
Hockey fans can watch any game, anytime. Also, don't forget to bring your dogs. This is a dog-friendly bar. We will see you guys down at Elwood's Liquor and Tap. And quite literally, we might see you guys down at Elwood's Liquor and Tap. Oh, we will. In the near future. Um, I think think we're probably safe to say this now, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, October 21st, mark your calendars. We will be there in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, on Water Street, right next to the Bucks Pfizer Forum. Elwood's Liquor and Tap. It's going to be a huge party. Chicago Blackhawks playing host to the Stanley Cup defending champs, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it's going to be a great game. People are going to want to see Bedard. People are going to want to see us because we're cool. And people are going to want to drink beer and do pizza luges and eat pizza. And yeah, there's going to be good music in between periods. You should just come. That's enough. All right. We love Elwoods. Cool. Thank you, Elwoods. Appreciate it. Um, okay, Kraken, let's hammer this home, and then we'll talk about the two most exciting teams very quickly at the end. Uh, <laughs> over, under on team total points, 90 and a half for the Seattle Kraken last season. I would say that they were the biggest surprise in the NHL last season. Nobody had them doing anything, and they ended up making the playoffs and upsetting the Colorado Avalanche, who at the time were the defending cup champs in seven, ga- or in seven games. And then they lost to the Dallas Stars in the second round, I believe, in seven games. Uh, they finished as the wild card team with 100 points. Uh, special teams were weaker, but they were probably top five uh, even strength team in the league. They added Pierre Edward Belmar, Kyler Yamamoto, uh, Brian Dumoulin, uh, Connor Carrick, and then they lose Morgan Geeky, Daniel Sprung, Carson Soucy, Ryan Donata. Uh, Donato, sorry, uh, Martin Jones and Jonas Donskoy. Uh, last season, there were four names in particular who were probably the biggest catalyst for them, you know, coming out of the gate hot. Jared McCann had an all time season. Matty Beneers had a great season. Adam Larson had a great season. And Vince Dunn was a monster. Uh, do you think last year was a fluke or will we see this team back in the Stanley Cup playoffs? This team is absolutely getting back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Ooh. Okay, then. Yes. Go ahead. Tell me I'm wrong. I don't know. I I think there is a good chance they get back in the Stanley Cup playoffs. But, okay, let me say something. This team could, could go so far. If they never had to change lines, okay. Yep. If they if they had Jared McCann, Matty <laughs> Beneers, Jordan Everly, Vince Dunn, Adam Larson, and Philip Grubauer on the ice at all times, sick. But unfortunately, in the NHL, no one can play a sixty minute hockey game except maybe your goalie. Uh, but yeah, I think they, especially on D, after the first pairing, it drops off like a ton for me personally. Yeah. Um, same, same with the goaltending backup Grubauer. Great. Chris Dreger, not great. Um, even with the forwards, I mean, the top line sick. Harry just mentioned two of those guys. McCann and Beneers were unreal last year. Everly can be really good as well. Um, second line can be good. We've got Schwartz, Wenberg, Burkowski. Burkowski's also kind of a band-aid lately. Don't really know what his health situation is. Um, but after that, I don't know. I mean, I guess they passed the third line test, not really in a gritty way for me. It's a more of a talent third line, which I don't really like when teams do that that much. Um, but I don't know. I, I just don't know. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I don't have a ton of confidence in this team to like 
really like wow me any more than they did last year. I get that, especially when it comes to the D. That's definitely the big question mark for me. And I think that third pairing has slowed down a lot in the last two years. Um, and I think people forget that it's not who those two guys were about yes. four years ago. Yes. Dumoulin and Schultz. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, where we were then was kind of like the edge of the the prime for them. Uh, the the forwards in the bottom six. Yeah, that's a big question mark. Burakovsky, big question mark. I think the one thing we forget is, you know, who's not pictured on this lineup here is Shane Wright. And I know this guy is due for a show me what you're made of kind of year. I just have a feeling he's going to find a home on this team at somewhere, maybe like second line wing or potentially even, you know, third line center. If things don't work out with Gord, although I can't imagine that I think he's going to find a role with this team this year. I think they wild card their way into the playoffs. And once these guys get in Grubauer is good enough in the postseason to upset anybody. That I will agree with you. I I definitely think we saw that last year. Um, he knows how to battle for sure. Yeah, I I see a lot of what you're saying, and I I agree. I think they're they are honestly they're probably two defensemen and like a winger, like a top six or middle six winger away from like really competing for a Stanley Cup. But I honestly think. Like, again, it's maybe not the guys on the page and maybe some of these guys are good, but I just, Seattle, there's something going on in Seattle. When, when good stuff is going on in Seattle, there's just something that, some special magic that they have up there that just puts what whoever they have into, like, another gear. And if Shane Wright proves that he can be that that guy, not obviously not, high overall pick yet for one of his for if I believe his first year, if not his second year in the league. But I honestly think they will, they will be competing for number two or number three in the division all year long. And I honestly think they'll probably, I would, my bolder pick would probably be second, but realistically, if I had to them in the top three to division, it'd probably be third. I just, I think everyone, I think the young guys are going to continue to elevate their own game and just kind of, Hope the veterans kind of stay even keel. Here's my thing. I think at least this is, uh, let me know if you guys agree. I have in this division, a clear cut top three, not necessarily the order, but a clear, I know who's finishing top three, at least what I think. And I feel like I also know who's finishing bottom three, which leaves two teams, the Kraken and the Flames. I don't know what the fuck to tell you about either of those teams. Pretty much is, is where I'm kind of at spot on. So I'll read this to you guys, and I want to hear your thoughts because the last two teams were going to go very quickly, so this episode is close to over at this point. But I think, like Max said, you look at the Pacific, VGK, Edmonton, LA, probably top three. Jay, you might slide Seattle in there. That's fine. I don't hate that. Then you look at the Central, who I know we're going to talk about more later, Colorado, Dallas, Minnesota. It's pretty – it's not unrealistic to think that's the same top three. Maybe Minnesota slides, but those top two I don't think are sliding – Plus, so who knows what you get with St. Louis? Like, I mean, they could be well, they up there or not, you know? So here's where I'm going with this. Last year, the Kraken and the Jets make the playoffs. Calgary, Nashville, Vancouver, and St. Louis all miss. So, like, if Seattle were to miss, it means Calgary would have to hop them or Nashville or St. Louis. I don't think Vancouver is going to do it. So, like, who? what's going to give? Like, I just I, I can't do- see the Flames being better than the Kraken in this situation. 
I honestly think the Jets drop. I'm I think the Jets super, will drop. That's probably true. I think, but I don't know. I I think Nashville and St. Louis. Obviously, we'll get to this in a later episode. But I think both of those teams have potential to to uh, I don't know, raise some eyebrows. I I'm a little bullish on St. Louis. Dare I say that? Do I think Seattle makes the playoffs? Ah, uh, you know what? I think they will, and I agree. Jay, I can't believe I'm agreeing with this because there's no fact in this whatsoever but it's just true there's some kind of magic when they get going they're they're like like wenberg played unreal last year schwartz played unreal last year it's like guys that you know are capable but you don't really think of them in that light schwartz was a fantasy beast for me last year i was kind of shitting on him earlier saying that this team should never change lines and shit but he was york strand is like a total playoff gamer like tolvanen was sick on my fantasy team after that nashville trade i think that they are going to make the playoffs i think they will be a wild card team again. To be honest with you, the West, short of Winnipeg, I don't see a whole lot changing this year from last year. Yeah. I think these guys are a nightmare matchup for whoever gets them in the first round. Yeah. I mean, they beat Colorado in seven. I think they took Dallas sevens, right? And Dallas is probably going to be they a did. very popular yep. pick this year for the cup. So, um, all right. Sharks, Ducks, guys, listen. Finally. I don't want to waste your time too much, but, uh, both of them are probably going to be like the bottom two teams in the league. Both of them do play in the National Hockey League against all odds, <laughs> so we have to talk about I, I I'm going to kind of lump them together. I'm going to be honest yeah. here. I don't want to spend too much time, but uh, Sharks trade Carlson. Obviously, we'll talk about Pittsburgh and how that affects them at another episode, and I cannot wait for that. Um, they get Anthony Duclair, Mackenzie Blackwood. I mean, guys, like, both these teams are going to be the bottom five. I don't think there's a whole lot to talk about. Is there anything that any of you guys want to mention about these two teams? I do think it's crazy that for the Ducks, they're um, on daily faceoff. Their fourth line center is the like uh, slimy monster from the fridge in Ghostbusters. Um, Benoit Oliver Groo. <laughs> oh Actually, doesn't he, doesn't he say Zool? I fucked that yeah. up. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah, anyway. you got nah, whatever. Whatever, man. <laughs> whatever. I mean, oh my god! Ducks, Ducks was, could be a fun team, maybe not like because they're good. They got Radko Gudis. They he's have funny, funny prospects. He's kind of a funny guy yeah. to watch. Like uh, Fowler, we're Labushkin. probably on. Yeah, Fowler's on his way out. But like, look at the D. You've got like Drysdale and Zellweger back there. Both of those guys are going to be fun to watch. Labushkin is fun to say. It is. <laughs> McTavish will probably be a fun guy to watch. Zegers always. Does something where what? it's gonna make its way on Twitter. What are we doing with John Gibson? He doesn't want to be there. What? Where, where's? He I don't going? think any of these guys want to be there, except Trevor Zegers. He's like, oh my god, come hang out in Anaheim. It's so <laughs> fun. I'm texting all the prospects that are gonna be drafted this year. You should totally come here. And I don't. I don't have a gun to my head right now. <laughs> Like um, you, yeah. you know you're down bad when you have Jan Ruda penciled in as your right side number one D man. Like, yeah. All it's... I have to say about I'll say one thing about the Sharks and one thing about the Ducks. The Sharks, NHL trade deadline buyers Tomas Hurdle and Logan Couture are up for the grabs. Please free them from this hell. Let San Jose tank like nobody's tanked before. <laughs> let's let's shoot for 55 points. Let's shoot for something real low this year. Who or do you no. guys think is worse? The Ducks or the Sharks? The, the Sharks. 
Definitely I mean, the Sharks. I, I, will, I will say, though, with the Sharks, this second line of Hoffman, Couture, and Declare could be fun because all those guys have so much skill. Even their third line with Zadina, Grandland, and even Fabian is interesting, I, to say the least. Put it this way. I think that if you talk about who has like the best player or two between the Sharks and the Ducks, it's probably the Ducks. But I, I actually think the Sharks have a more well-rounded team than the Ducks. I think it mm. falls off way fucking harder after like the first line or two and the first pairing or two for the Ducks. Then I mean, all the guys on the Sharks are just like guys. They're they're all yeah. just like some guy, you know. Is Will uh, Smith on their lineup? Who the Sharks? Yeah, he's not in here on Daily Faceoff. No. That's who they drafted, right? Am I yeah, yeah. Because they have Leo Carlson for but, the Ducks on the third line, which I think is fun. Oh, it could be that, fun to watch. I hope yeah. they give them at least like the first ten games or whatever I the mean, ELC allows. And that's I, a, yeah, ahead. I was just gonna say that's a good like couple of wingers to go next to him with Fertrano and Silverberg, good veteran guys for him yeah. to be around. I actually it's, love the Sharks' fourth line, like their projected fourth line: Lindblom, Sturm, and and the banker. That's fun. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They'll probably be the two worst teams in the league, maybe. Them in Montreal, it's a fight for the for the bottom. But uh, not I mean, going to spend too much time on that. Yeah, we haven't talked about some of the shitty Central Division teams too, and 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 Metro. There's like one. There's like one. <laughs> there is one, but somehow they're <laughs> always relevant. So yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, very true. Very true. All right, we have our final predictions for division winner. I think Mac and Nick said VGK. Affirmative. Uh, Los Angeles, baby. Oh, okay. LA. Fuck it. VGK. Jackson, who you yep. got? My stupid brain wants to say Seattle, but I'm going to say LA. Uh, it's Edmonton, baby. Sorry. You want to know why? Fade. Everyone listening, fade right now. Go LA. Fade, fade, fade. Do you want to know why? Take the field. Listen, here's why. <laughs> I feel like the Kings have the veteran guys where they're like, you know what? Like, we don't, who cares? Like, it, uh, it's December. Yeah. Like, in February, like, it will try a little harder. Yeah. You got to stay like 500 or whatever. Like, I just feel like the Kings don't care. Like, they're going to get in and then they're going to do their thing. I have no worries about them. They're a great team. But I feel like the Oilers actually care about like the points, like, not only individually, but the team wise. I think they're just a regular season guru. I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying they're going to win the cup because I don't think oh. they will, but. That's that's what happens when you have Connor Brown next to Connor McDavid on the first line and your sorry ass franchise. A tale you, of two Connors. You could make your ways around the internet saying that <laughs> the Edmonton Oilers first line disappoints you. That that's that's a good one. Oh, people I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm yeah. gonna show us something bigger. Oh, Connor McDavid is NHL Dan Marino. Oh, what, bro? Yikes. You better be careful. I'll take, you... take it from somebody who knows. People will get mad at you for saying crazy things on this podcast. Yeah. Harrison and Max, hockey coach, will respond to your comments and get very mad about the things you say oh, about the Rangers. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. He's probably, he might be listening right now. Yeah. Oh, well. Appreciate <laughs> the fans. <laughs> yeah thanks for listening as always um all right. that basically wraps it up for us uh like i said this is the first division preview that will be airing we'll have the other three coming at you uh in the coming weeks one last one last question for you boys how many points do you think chimbish Schlempo gets this year over 100. under over under 677 
over. It's like eight, at least eight billion points. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought so. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the overall now. <laughs> okay. You're gonna have to We're explain this joke one day. You're gonna have to explain <laughs> this joke one day. Well, maybe you just have to keep listening to our podcast every day until I explain it. How about that? <laughs> All right, everybody. Appreciate the love and support as always. A thank you to Brackish Life, Kane Footwear, and Elwoods as always. Uh, be on the lookout on our social media for that Elwoods watch party information. We'll have a flyer going out there real soon. Uh, if it's not already up by the time this is going. Other than that, I think we're uh, all good. So New without- merch coming soon. Keep an eye out for that. And you can find that at www.emptybetters.com or any of the links in our social media bios. Uh, Without further ado, class dismissed.